0: you. To another episode of trick talks my name is barbara lally and today i'm here with erica how are you erica i'm doing good barbara how about you i'm doing great are you ready to get started i'm ready to get started perfect all right so tell us a little bit
1: about your trick how old were you where did you pull from things like that sure so my first memorable experience with trick 10 years old you know first day of fifth grade was the very first time i can ever recall pulling um, I was a scalper. You know, I grew up, everybody was jealous of my bright, blonde, thick, long hair. And um, I was pulling in school, first day of fifth grade. You know, I'd always been bullied and I didn't realize until years later that, you know, there's so many things that contributed to what could have possibly caused my trick, you know. So I was doing it mostly in school, didn't tell anybody. Um, and I would kick it under my desk or put it in the little underneath part of my desk where the books and the pencil cases go. And I would kick it over because I didn't, you know, what 10 year old is going to know what to do with the hair that they just ripped out of their head, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, that's where it pretty much started. was wasn't Grade.
0: Mm-hmm. When yeah. did you, when did people notice? Did you, did you tell your parents? Did they notice? Like, how did you start understanding? Like, okay,
1: this is something I didn't tell anybody. Um, you know, I was seeing, um, a behavioral therapist or a child therapist that they had in school. But I I didn't even tell her, you know, it's not something that many fifth graders are familiar with. So I wasn't really gonna tell anybody. I did tell a few people and they thought it was weird, like a few classmates. So I figured, you know, I better keep this to myself. Um, And then one day I was here, I was at my house, I'm back with my parents. So uh, I was downstairs and my mom was vacuuming. She's like, oh, the vacuum's clogged. Like, there's." what's all like there's hair in like the, the vacuum and like the wheels. And I was like, Oh, it's probably from the dog. And the dog had like short brown hair and I had long blonde hair and she's like, Oh, okay. It's, it's from the dog. And then like, she asked me, she's like, is this your hair? And, uh, you know, I remember breaking down in tears cause I had never admitted it openly to anybody. And, um, I blamed it on the dog. You know, I was just, I was mortified and, um, she took me to the hairdresser and the hairdresser is um someone that we had been using and actually still using since my brother who's 33 you know was was a was an infant you know and she pulled my teeth out when i was younger like we were that close and she saw like all the different lengths and um she had to cut my hair really short and i got made fun of a lot so here i was like this chubby kid that was always bullied for her weight with hair up here like above my ears and um it was pretty hard. It was really, I didn't want to tell anybody. And then um, I guess I had to come to terms with it and some people knew some people didn't. I'm sure my parents told like my teachers and know people close to me, but I, it was not something at that time that I was vocal about. Mm -hmm. When did you find out the name for it? Sure. So it was years later. Um, I was probably 14. Um, I had been placed with a new psychiatrist. Um, at Cooper Hospital in Camden. Mm-hmm. And he is the one that said the word trichotillomania. He was this wonderful, wonderful man. And he actually is the one that directed me to a support group in Cherry Hill at the Center for Emotional Health of Greater Philadelphia. So that was where I was very vocal about trick. Like that's when things kind of just kind of snowballed into me being like an advocate for myself. Um, but the, he was the first person that I ever heard the word trichotillomania from.
0: And how how did it feel?
1: It was going back almost like 15, 16 years, but I remember feeling relief and anger at the same time. Um, it was I was angry at myself, but at the same time, I'm like, OK, I'm not crazy. You know, there are other people that do this because he he was the one that, you know, directed me to like medications which didn't necessarily work. It's been a long time of like trial and error with medications, but um, it was really good to have a support group 10 minutes from my house, which was Mm -hmm. incredible. And I met some really great people, some really good doctors through there, some really good techniques. And I I was actually through them enrolled in a study at University of Pennsylvania um, with a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy, um, like studies and trials and stuff like that. That was in high school. It's pretty neat. Mm -hmm
0: erica i have to tell you i was in those i was in that study you were yeah i was i i could cry i've never met someone who was also in it yeah i you probably
1: felt the same doctor as me barbara
0: oh my gosh
1: Oh my wait God. am i allowed to say her name
0: i i don't even know if i would
1: remember her name like, I don't, Antinoro, even like I don't know dr antonora i don't might have been the same doctor because she actually transferred from Penn to Center for Emotional Health of Greater Philadelphia in Terry Hill and I thought oh it's the same lady so oh my gosh isn't that funny like the- well yeah, how- everywhere oh my gosh because <laughs> I don't
0: like I, I I did one when I was in sixth grade and I'm like a year older than you I did one when I was yes. in sixth grade and then one when I was in high school I was like 17. Yeah. um how do you remember how your parents? So how did you get involved in that? Because I don't even really—I know my parents found out somehow, but I don't really know like the in and out.
1: My parents, you know, my my parents were really green to this as well. We were kind of learning through it together. My mom is actually a nurse of dermatology at CHOP, mm-hmm. and she had like connections. Like she knew someone who was doing a study, and her office was right across the street right across the street on market street from right where that appointment was and um or for the trial and everything like that i'm pretty sure it was market street and um right in philadelphia and i would walk from her office like before my appointments in the study right across the street to penn and go up the elevator so she knew about it through people that she worked with because she works for dermatology at children's hospital
0: so Mm -hmm. i thought that was
1: pretty, pretty uh you know I had it, I had the course like already planned for me. It was just we had to kind of fit the pieces to the puzzle together. So mm-hmm. it's pretty neat. But it it was a learning process for all of us. You know, there were there were times when it was frustrating for all of us and the successes we kind of celebrated together and we worked on things like the the therapists and the counselors would give us homework and we would work on it together. And um I embraced CBT a lot when I was a teenager. Not so much mm-hmm. recently, but yeah going through the the whole experience was like we we were in it together which was great so Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i want to know more about i want to know more about the support group and like absolutely it was you had other people there
1: with trick too sometimes we would have 15 people sometimes we would have two people sometimes it was just me and it was doctors um who are trained in like BFRBs and OCD, and we talked about SSRIs and N-acetylcysteine, like all the words are coming back to me talking about it now, you know? Um, there were we did techniques and everybody was just kind of sharing what works for them, what doesn't work for them, what upset them, what triggered them, you know? Things like these, the little pocket toys. So um, the, the trick toys and everybody would show off how they're doing or or how struggling, how their struggles were, so. But I really, I really did like it. And a lot of them, this was when it was just TLC. It was just mm-hmm. the before trick.org, before BFRB, it was just TLC. It was years ago. And um some people were really vocal at the conferences that they had. Um, you know, they had a they had a summer camp that they would go to. They would do like a retreat, you know, up in the mm-hmm. mountains. And um, a lot of people in this area. Don't talk about trick, but the ones that you were able, there was one in Princeton, and there was one 10 minutes from my house in Cherry Hill. One of these support groups, and it was a godsend. So wow, come on, yeah. where, are my parents, where were my parents for that one? No, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was really good though. I was really, I was relieved because I was not the only person, you know. Mm-hmm. And my mom would dig deep and like say, "Oh, I think this family member." might have it but we would never say anything you know it was something that we would notice or my mom would be like oh that girl you went to school with, like the, the real short hairs on top of her head like it's not even with the rest of them I think she might but you don't want to go up to somebody and say I think you might have trichotillomania have you ever heard of it? it's where you pull your hair out uncontrollably you know you don't want to go up to somebody and just stir up their own pot you know so um mm-hmm. but the people that knew I had it would say, oh, I know somebody with that. Or I know someone who pulls their hair Mm -hmm. out. I know someone who picks their skin. So it was very eye-opening to see who was comfortable with it and who wasn't. And I know you haven't asked this question yet, but um, going along with kind of the support groups, I was actually, like I said, personal advocate for myself. So, you know, the people would trust me after i tell them. I was very involved in, like, theater and performing arts and singing and acting back in high school. And I remember I took a class as an elective. It was a theater class. And the um, the teacher asked us to write a monologue um, about like personal struggles. And of course, trichotillomania, like aside from being bullied over my weight, that was like the big thing. And I had just lost like 40 pounds and everybody wanted to be my friend and it was great, um, which says a lot about society. But my monologue was about what if I hadn't told my mom when the vacuum was clogged? What if I was 14 instead of 10 telling my mom about the pain that I have been going through since I started pulling my hair? And that's when people found out about it at high school. It wasn't at the support group, but I was vocal about it in front of an entire class. And from then on, I remember doing um, a presentation on it in biology as a sophomore, like stood up in front of the class with a poster and and a laser pointer talking about it and i uh obviously instagram how you found me and um you know it's it's not the biggest part of my life anymore but for a really long time i was a walking trick poster (laughs) so Mm -hmm. um
0: yeah (laughs) oh my i'm like my. you see my jaw i'm like what i was gonna say about barbara Oh my yep. gosh, I am just so, amaz- like I'm amazed that you know, just the ownership at such a young age to to have the confidence to share about it in front absolutely. of people. Oh my gosh, how, like how did you how did you get there so young? Like
1: how what what led up to this? Like I what- am blessed in that I was really involved like I said in theater and performing arts and I had when I first lost all that weight that I was just telling you about like I was on I was on Weight Watchers when I was 12 because I was an mm-hmm. obese kid you know um I for some reason felt the need to tell people and there's not a lot of things that I like to share about my life anymore as an adult there's things that's like eh, maybe I don't want to I don't want to tell this person that you know mm-hmm. but I was very upfront from the get-go like once I was diagnosed once somebody said you had trichotillomania I kind of went with it you know, and but the thing is, like, I don't let just anybody touch my hair for a really long time. I had only been going to that hairdresser who pulled my teeth out when I was like a kid, you know, or there's one other that I found it like a hair cuttery, and I followed her everywhere she's been since, you know, I don't let anybody else cut my hair. It's a trust issue. And mm-hmm. after, my brother's getting married next month and I have to use like a different um, stylist. So I've, I've always had major anxiety, but I'm always up front in the beginning if I have to see someone new. Just so you know, my hair is not like normal hair, Um, so it's different. And, you know, um, I'm an esthetician. I went to Mm -hmm. beauty school and I went for skin. I wouldn't go for hair, but all of the hair students knew that there was somebody that would come. I was always their guinea pig, you know, like if they wanted to see something different or try something new, that was me. Um, But I was always just very upfront, very vocal i wanted people to know that this disorder that i have doesn't affect who i am as a person it affects my physical appearance but it doesn't affect my internal self it it brought me down a lot but it didn't make me crazy i'm i was a normal person with a problem so Mm -hmm. yeah wow
0: (laughs) wow holy cow wow that's inspirational like whoa okay Wow. Oh, you gonna make me cry too? So, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, wow, oh my gosh, I wish I knew you back then. Oh my god, we would have
1: been like BFFs. BFFs. Oh my gosh, I wonder. if we <laughs> And you were so close. You were just over the bridge. Like, oh, where oh have you gosh. been in
0: real life? <laughs> I know, literally, literally, literally. Oh my god, that's so amazing. Um, so like when you when you presented and like shared, you know, in biology and things like that for your monologue. Did you have people asking you questions like that were interesting oh not like where are they you know like informed
1: questions and stuff yes so surprisingly very i was shocked that it was as well received as it was um at the time you know i i mispronounced it all the time i called it trichotillomania you know I i I okay. didn't remember the name. Um, I remember talking about it with somebody at the beauty school I went to. She butchered it so much. She was being ignorant about it. But she oh. she's like, you have chicken kills a maniac. I'm like, no, I have tricketillomania. It is something that is part of me. But uh, that was that was another story. But the people that I grew up with, after they knew why I had my hair cut so short in middle school and why I had to wear a hairpiece to prom and mm-hmm. why I was so obsessive about the hairspray and the clips and not going out without a headband. I back back then I it was it was so it was so bad now it's whole another story but they had a sense of empathy that I had never seen before and I had been bullied like I said about my weight I was the fat kid I was picked on and this was a hair thing and they were all very like How did you know? How did you do this? How did you do that? How did you manage to do this and and keep it a secret for so long? Like they were actually very interested. And because some of them always, everybody knows somebody that does this. Oh, I have a friend that's pulled her hair out since she was six. I have someone that twirls her hair and pulls it out, you know, in my life. So I feel like because it's more relatable and it's not something as easy to bully as weight, Mm-hmm. I feel like it was more impactful giving those mm-hmm. like the monologues and the and the presentations and um just being vocal about it you know I I went this wasn't this was not the same person but I did go to a hair cuttery one time and um, she was the most ignorant most mm-hmm. embarrassing hairstylist I'd ever met and I know a lot of stylists and she there was eight or nine people in a chair getting their hair done with stylists in the salon. It was packed. She said, why is your hair like a shelf on this side? Everybody look at this girl's hair. And she'd go like this and she would pick my hair apart and be like, look at these ends. Like they're terrible. She's what did you do to yourself? But the thing is, Barbara, I had told her when I sat in her chair that my hair was a touchy subject and it wasn't like normal hair. Like I always prepped somebody before they touch my hair and she completely ignored it, went on her own little rant about it in front of everybody. I went home in hysterics. You wanna talk about support, Barbara? My mom, the next day, went with trick brochures and spoke to the manager and said, you need more sensitivity training, educate yourself. Thank you, and walked out. I was like, I got the best parents in the whole wide world, so it was, it was yeah. great, it was really. Um but that i will i'll never forget that i'll never forget that night it was you know i was in my early 20s then and i had gone at least 10 years at this point without really having without my own self-talk like i would always belittle myself Mm -hmm. that was the first person that ever really and it was a hairstylist of all people Mm -hmm. that was the first experience in my life where i thought people are so mean about this when they like I don't I don't understand. Mm-hmm. So, but that was really the only besides like being bullied when I was a kid, in my adult life, that was where I was like, wow, it's really not as pretty as it can be. Mm-hmm. And what, I've seen. And I just, so it, what? I'm saying
0: in front sorry, of everybody.
1: Yeah. No, it it was just really it makes me sick to think about it, you know. But I'm lucky that I have stuck with the people that I trust with my hair. Um mm-hmm. And for years I wouldn't let boyfriends, family members, my best friends, I would never let anybody touch it. So mm-hmm. now I'm in a completely different place and I'll be like, mommy, can you scratch my head, please? Can you have my head? Like I never done I've never done that before, you know. So wow. it's mm-hmm. it's a lot has gotten me to where I'm at now. But it's those past experiences, they keep you humble because it's like it's not always gonna be sunshine and roses, you know. Mm-hmm. and it can always go back to that like self-loathing over it you know it was it was i i would be so mortified at the amount of hair in my car on the left side because i i would lean my head like this against my driver's driver's side and it was all from the left side this was the worst side for me or mm-hmm. on the floor or in food like i cook stuff for people and it would be hair in the food like no that's not okay so um yeah but but what was your question again i don't <laughs> i don't even remember but yeah it, the world um, is funny because the people that you trust can be really cool or really cruel about it so it's you got to be careful you got to be pick and choose who you tell these days so
0: yeah it always it does baffle me like the fact that there are adults like who don't have the manners to like i mean you sat her, you told her you told her before you got like i i just that is something that will probably always boil my blood and like i have no no kind words for that person it's just like how like you are a grown-up like i i almost you know growing up of course you know having having the hair missing like their kids are kids what is that where are they
1: like that as kids they don't know better they don't know better
0: i can get with that i can't get with an adult that you've explained to who still
1: chooses that behavior you want to hear something though remember when i said that the person mispronounced it as chicken kills a maniac Mm -hmm. that was my teacher no so it was she was a lovely woman but it was i had i loved her she was great but at that moment i'm like wow and she's a stylist teaching a skin class that hurt so it was crazy right um yeah but like i said it keeps you humble because you know if you're in the We'll get i'm assuming we'll get to it in a little bit where i'm at now but it keeps you humble because it could have been i could feel like that now you know i could feel mm-hmm. that low so
0: mm-hmm. mm. let's talk about um you said you were a hairpiece to prom tell us about that like how did you find the hairpiece when did you decide that you needed one how
1: did you style it like i that. so i'm gonna keep going back to the same stylist one with the teeth you know she I trusted her so much because she saw from the very beginning and she saw the progress and she saw when I would be really bad or she saw when there was growth, we would celebrate it, you know. But there was, it was my junior prom, I was 16. And um, she was able to do like, it, at the time, it was like when Snooky had like the bump. Yeah. Everybody had a Snooky bump and I wanted a Snooky bump, right? And so for that, it was like, well, I can do it, but it's going to be like a lot of teasing, a lot of spray, and you need more volume here, like on the top, on the mm-hmm. crown. So um, that's where I had it. It wasn't a wig. I'm blessed that I never had to shave my head or wear a wig. And on the only patches like that were really bad were at the nape of my neck and on the side. So in order to just kind of keep it even and to give it more volume, we did the hairpiece and we did some kind of like a like a jewel brouette or something like that. Um, And it was, it wasn't embarrassing because nobody knew. I wasn't going to tell anybody, hey, I have like a little piece right here. It's not Mm -hmm. something I told anybody, but just the fact that I had worked really hard and I was really conscious about not pulling up until prom. And I was like, this, it's still not going to work. It's not what I want. It's not how I want it. And if this is how it's going to be, it's how it's going to be. You know, it was just kind of the acceptance. Like, I don't like it, but I accept it kind of part. So that for me was really, it was hard, but nobody knew. And I looked really good, you know, she did a really good job. She's been doing my hair since like, like I said, my mom was probably pregnant when, when oh. they started doing it with me. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's crazy, but there was, um, like I did theater and I lied and told, I think it might've been her, that hairdresser. I said that one of the The people doing the costumes and the makeup burned my hair with a curling iron. And that's why I had no hair under there. But it was me pulling it out. You know, like I wasn't going to be honest about that. Um, Hair straightener. Like I got my hair caught in my zipper or whatever excuse I could come up with as to why I was missing hair. And to be honest with you, thinking about it right now, I was making those excuses. The people that I made the excuses to, they weren't like, they weren't going to yell at me. They weren't going to belittle me. They weren't going to bash me. Like, uh, it, 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 there's some people probably, you know, I, I really feel for them. My heart goes out to them because there's probably people that can't answer those questions without being reprimanded or degraded or belittled. You know, my my dad, he's a wonderful person. But when, when this was all new to us, he'd be like, get your fingers out of your hair. And it's the just stop. It's the get your fingers out. Like, why can't you just stop? You know he knows better now like there's like i said we we've been through this together it was still new um i didn't have to answer to anybody you know and like thinking about that now that's a really big thing so whether or not i wore a hair piece to prom that was my business but as a 16 year old you're not thinking that you know so
0: mm-hmm. yeah you mentioned being on medications. Did you notice I also when I was like in high school was kind of on a different cocktail of like what can work? Can we figure yeah. this out? Um spoiler alert for me didn't work. But um like did you notice any any changes in
1: your trick when you were medicated? Yes. So I I've actually surprisingly been on the same medications once i've been on one since i was like 15. i cannot go without that it's my lexapro like if i'm not on that i'm you don't want to know me when i'm not medicated uh, I let's just say that i'm not a nice person i'm not erica people some person at my job told me to cheer down because i'm too happy it's like oh. okay <laughs> like okay you know i know where your day's going but <laughs> i um. i really am a better person when I'm medicated, but there are certain ones that make me pull more. Um, there's been, I, I was on Abilify for a really long time. The minute I stopped it, I, so i stopped taking Abilify October, 2020. And then like in June, my medications changed June, 2021. Barbara, it has been a year and 18 days since I've last pulled a hair from my scalp because I stopped the Abilify. I decreased my Lexapro. I increased my gene. I've been pull free for a year and 18 days. And I've never said that in my entire life. So my face, yes, my my unibrow, yes, I pulled. And I tweezed and I plucked and I've I picked. I've not pulled a single hair from my head. And that's, that's never so- happened in my life. So that That's probably how you found me because I have, you know, hair moments and I've been posting them. I've been really into myself. You know, I lost a lot of weight recently. I think there's some traumatic stuff in the last year and a half, two years, um, mm-hmm. you know, caused me to move back home. You know, relationships, traumatic, abusive, all this, that, and the third. My life mm-hmm. completely changed. And I made it a point on June 1st of last year, my brother's fiance asked me to be a bridesmaid. And June 2nd, you know, I I started going to the gym. I changed my job. I changed careers. I'm back in college and I haven't pulled out a hair. Like I, I got a 4.0 for, for first semester and second semester in the honors program. I'm gonna be a teacher, you know. So things are going in the right direction. And a lot of it changes scenery and changes medication. Mm-hmm. So if but if I don't take my medication. You don't want to be my friend like <laughs> i can say that right now wholeheartedly um if i ever forget to take something or if i'm sleeping at a friend's house and i don't have my medication with me i go home so i can take it and mm-hmm. is that detrimental like if i don't if i don't take it i don't even want to know myself and I, that scares me so mm-hmm. and i'm not one of those people that's gonna say don't take medication you know if you need medication take your medication if you need therapy go to therapy there's nothing mm-hmm wrong with that i'm gonna preach therapy and mental health and self-worth and self-love till i'm blue in the face so Mm -hmm. yeah i
0: congratulations first of all like for real oh my gosh that's really
1: it feels really good
0: there's so
1: much hair like (laughs) i like my my hair moments that's what i call them i love going to the salon now um when i didn't have a lot of hair I was coloring it all the time. I was pink, I was purple, blue, green, red, brown. This blonde, I'm a natural blonde, but I've been coloring my hair since I was 12. I'm finally, it's been about seven months since I've colored it and I'm really into it. Like I don't have to dry it for it to look like this. I don't need bandanas or headbands or clips. Um, I can go swimming. I can throw my hair in a ponytail without a mirror. Like like normal Mm. girls my age were doing when I was a kid. So, Mm -hmm. um, I I was freaking out though the other day, my brother's fiance, I was like, what am I supposed to do with my hair? I've never had it done to the point where I didn't need like additional work. You know, I'm nervous about it. I don't want to be like too much or too little, too simple, too extravagant. And it's not something most people that I know think about as obsessively. Mm -hmm. So. But it's crazy. It's 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 not full circle. It's definitely not full circle and it's never gonna be over. I'm never gonna be it. I you know, this is a sensitive subject, but it's like an addict. If you're addicted Mm -hmm. to something, you're always gonna be an addict. You know, there's no cure for trick at the moment. I'm always gonna have trick, but I can manage it and I can trick myself with you know the tools that I've learned. And it's it's a beautiful experience. Like now it hasn't been, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to say since June 2nd of last year, my, my friend at the gym calls June 2nd, my new birthday, so, (laughs) you know, I have some really good people in my life, some really supportive family and friends and advocates and, you know, I, I give them a lot of credit for getting me to where I'm at, you know, so, Mm -hmm. but, you know, it, it hasn't been pretty, it really hasn't, but I can say it's been beautiful the last. Little bit. Wow.
0: Congratulations again. I mean, geez. Seriously, seriously. Before (laughs) this year, before this, you know, the past year that you haven't pulled a hair, did you have any other moments where things kind of just grew back?
1: I don't remember, honestly. I do know that I had a job up until June 1st of last year. It was, I had just been let go from a job that I didn't like. I was commuting, you know, to an hour away to and from, and it was retail and it drove me mm-hmm. into the ground. You know, I was a store manager and I, I hated every bit of it. And then I lost my job there. It was, it was crazy. Like the whole reasoning behind it was stressful. And um, and I said to myself, you know what, if I'm gonna lose a job, if I'm gonna be let go, it it's good that it was a job that was an hour away from my house. You know, I'd been begging for a transfer because I had just moved from there back to my house. I was driving, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. And then I got the first job I could find 120% toxic. Mm. So my hair had already been bad. My skin was outrageously bad. I was 50 pounds heavier, 40, 50 pounds heavier. I was miserable. I always felt sick. Um, And so I would throw my hair up in a ponytail so I wouldn't pull but at that point I was pulling out from the ponytail so it would be like my hair was still in my scalp but I would pull from behind or pull from under the band and so I would take my hair out and there would be like hair here, hair here but it was just completely uneven and but like I just remember feeling like the short sticking out hairs and that made me feel sick so I would take tweezers and it, it just got to be an uncomfortable process, and I remember years ago having infections on my scalp because I would be picking the scabs out so bad from the blood. And um, every time there was growth, it didn't matter. I was still tweezing it or pulling it or just whatever I could do. And and the really wiry, coarse ones that that are just like thicker than the others. It's like that needs to go. And oh, I'm I'm feeling it right now. I haven't talked about it, but. Um, it's it's for me. It was more tactile than the sensation of pulling it out of my head. Mm-hmm. um So I would always try to keep my hands busy, and I I bite my nails now, like more than ever, and uh, finding new ways to just keep myself occupied. If if I was really bored or or stressed or depressed or upset and sad or tired, it didn't matter. I, mm-hmm. I I would pull in front of people. I would pull in private. I pull in the car, mm-hmm. other people's cars restaurants like it was just happening and my i didn't care you know and it was oh it's already bad it's it's gonna get worse you know like i didn't think of all those tools that they taught us and cognitive therapy you know it's it was it was really bad so anytime there was growth i i didn't i didn't let myself enjoy it Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I hate, i hated the feeling of growth I hated mm-hmm. it i hated that stick up like the really short ones and you could rub your hair over it felt like porky pine kind of it was mm-hmm. it was gross
0: yeah it is i i have some like growth right now that it's just it, it's an extra step it's just annoying it's just it sticks out and i'm like oh
1: like i'm tired of you you know absolutely it's it's like a nagging, just knowing it was there, and there, of course, it's like as a woman or even as a man. Like there's hair that would be like right here. I'm sure that people know what it is. Um, I would a hair here, and I get oh, so that one's gone. It Doesn't grow back there. I get one hair that sticks out like a unicorn, and if I don't have my tweezers, it's it's like an itch. Like I I can't I can't take it. Um. There's actually someone that I know from support group. He, it's a man. And he mm-hmm. would pick his facial hair so much with tweezers that she's like, I'm gonna test myself. So he froze his tweezers in a huge block of ice. And he said, if I really wanna pull or tweeze or pick my face that bad, I'm gonna have to get these tweezers out of this frozen block. Mm-hmm. And I thought of that. And he's a wonderful man. He's he's very cool. but. I think of the block of ice and the tweezers in the ice every time i want to pick so bad like the skin around from where i have tweeze this so bad so i kind of think of that but at the same time if if i need to get the hair out of my my skin i'm gonna do whatever i can so mm-hmm. it's it's like a, it, it's a win-lose so i'm mm-hmm. either doing really well there or i'm doing really bad but my mm-hmm. my biggest thing was my scalp always the scalp
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna ask if you if you've pulled at any other areas like
1: i tried and yeah it's like i can tell you that everything from my chin down Mm shaped i have to shape my entire body i hate going like this and feeling Mm -hmm. the hair i have a a mole right here and if there's ever like a black wire hair that grows out of it that's got to go um Mm -hmm. anything that feels like out of place like around here I ha- it's got to go, you know. Oh, and can I actually show you one thing? Yeah. I'm going to move the camera a little bit. Okay. So I have, this is my tattoo. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah, I can see it. So that is a tattoo that I got about seven years ago when I had some really good growth. And I love sunflowers. And um, I thought that that was a very good... Um, a very good kind of observation like you can be really happy you can be like a sunflower bright and happy and fun and and beautiful but you can be dying on the inside like like just so broken by trick so like Mm -hmm. the petals falling that was my metaphor (laughs) but um so i i but going back to like the body if there's any hair that i can see and if i if i know i have to shave my legs i have like that instant like I gotta get my razor. I gotta go shave my legs. So, but I'm blonde, so I kind of get away with it. But just knowing that I can mm-hmm. feel it, it's bad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: let's talk about because you you mentioned earlier you've like a you know really wonderful you know beautiful support system, um, and so when you are you know in those moments where you're pulling and having like a harder time, your your self talk. How did you get that to be something more positive? I, you know, was it when you first started pulling, did you notice, okay, that's when my negative self-talk is like really starting to kick in. Like, why are you doing this? Why can't you stop?
1: Or how was it for you? In the beginning, I didn't I didn't notice self, any self-talk. It was just mm-hmm. something that I did that felt good. All I knew is I enjoyed the way it felt. Over time, I kind of thought to myself, is this more of a harmful situation? And then I realized it wasn't, it was just something like self-soothing behavior, you know? And I couldn't mm-hmm. stop. And I thought to myself, why am I not stopping? And then it wasn't until I kind of started going to the therapists that were specializing in trick that I really knew that those questions, were they were important. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't, oh, you're so stupid. Like, why are you pulling? You're doing this to yourself. You're You're a loser, like, blah, blah, blah. No, it was, I know that I want to stop I just don't know how and it keeps going and it keeps going if I pull one hair it's not gonna stop if I obsess about it it's not gonna stop I knew that for me I had to keep my mind off of it as much as possible because mm-hmm. I was gonna go crazy just obsessing about just stopping you know because we know as tricksters like we if someone tells us just stop like that is just that's, that's a, like, a curse word. Just stop. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's, it's just like, it's filthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to the point where like when things got really bad for me within the last few years, I ignored everything. I was like, well, this is just how it's going to be. You know, you don't have hair anymore. You have ugly hair, but that's it. You know, it's going to be bad forever. You know, I had no hope for myself. Things were just really, I was in a really dark place and Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy and I just accepted it and didn't care. Mm -hmm. Um, Since there's been so much growth within the last year, physically, you know, emotionally, mentally growth, I know that I've worked too hard and that I've been really successful in positive Mm self-talk. So understanding my self-worth, environment changes, changes of scenery, things that I know are gonna stress me out, I prepare for them. You know, um, anything that I kind of recognize as a trigger, it's it's like a red flag. You know, this is gonna be bad. This is gonna be stressful. I have something big and important coming up. I prepare myself. So what I've started doing is I work out, I go for walks, trying to teach myself how to knit, but for years it's been very unsuccessful so there are things that I love coloring I think coloring is like the best like the adult coloring books with the curse words and like the dirty pictures they're fun Um, I hang out with my friends a lot you know I have some really good friends I have great parents there's a lot that I do to keep myself occupied now and I know that I don't want to have to do this process all over again so if I have mm-hmm. to sit on my hands or put gloves on or band-aids, I do mm-hmm. it. Not even like if I know it's going to, if if I think to myself, it's not going to happen, like I'm not going to pull, why even take that risk? Why bother not preventing it? You know, mm-hmm. I've worked so hard. And within the last few weeks, I'm like, wow, it's been a year. Do I pull? Do I not pull? Like, do I celebrate? Do I celebrate this way, that way? Mm-hmm. I've worked so hard. And I love being able to just do this and have a handful of hair and be like, I'd have to color it pink to make myself feel feel better. you know, it's it's I get so many compliments now. like that's so foreign to me. Like I don't there's a woman that I work with, and she says like she's gonna be so mad if I color or cut my hair, you know. And I would go in and be like, "I didn't color my hair over the weekend. You know, that's progress. So it's it's really good to know that. I've cut out all the crap in my life that makes me want to pull my hair, and if there is crap, I per- I take the precautions.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and that. What big. are some
0: of the? That's huge, and you've had yeah. success, so it's like yeah. I'm like, once I get a it, It's like, okay, what do I need to do? Um, so yeah, what <laughs> are Professor your- Erica? <laughs> yes, for real. So, like, what are some of your like go tos? Like, what are your go to things that you know, like, kind of are tried and true? Like, they work for you. You're gonna keep going back to them
1: talking about? Mm. I talk about it with my friend. I have two really good friends that I talk about everything with. One is in her 50s and one is just a couple years older than me. Um, The one in her 50s is the one that calls June 2nd my new birthday because that's kind of when things started to change. And she's one of my gym buddies. So um, if things go wrong, I talk to her and I talk to my best friend and you know i rarely have to use these anymore but talking about trick i'm like i'm gonna want to pull after this (laughs) so like um, because i haven't talked about it for this long in years Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: um i i just have to keep myself busy i don't let myself enjoy downtime like i used to so Mm -hmm. um just being more self-aware i think that's really important and always having something to just kind of fidget with or just someone to listen to me about it mm-hmm. and if i don't have that you know i'll journal if i want to or i'll text myself something in a note mm-hmm. that works but at the same time there's nobody giving me advice or nobody listening in that mm-hmm. moment so i need someone to just kind of be there i hate being alone for that for one of those reasons it's it's one of them so mm-hmm. um i really like having positive people around me and um so as a as a single young woman i i learned to recognize red flags well that's a red flag you know like in relationships but also my relationship with myself i have to know that this is how i work this is how my mind just processes processes things you know mm-hmm. so
0: <laughs> Did you ever have or do you have people that you would consider like an accountability partner? Like they see you do it. They're like saying stop or or is that something I don't like you never...
1: people, I don't like people that notice it and tell me to stop. I mm-hmm. get very irritable when that happens. Mm-hmm. Like I can be a witch <laughs> to people. And <laughs> like I, I feel like I'm getting caught in the act doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm doing it. You telling me to stop isn't going to make me stop. Mm-hmm. so i come to it in my own time so i acknowledge it i know it's happening you don't have to tell me it's happening so
0: mm-hmm. yeah when you would get into those like pulling episodes like the longer ones like did you feel as though you were kind of like stuck in a trance like it was hard oh, to snap absolutely. Out of it?
1: and i so I would do that, but I would look for the, the roots. I would look for the bulbs, the ones that we chew on, the ones that we feel like the the wet ones, the gooey ones. I don't know. Um, I would just consistently look for those. It was kind of like a treasure hunt for me. It's like, oh, I found one with a root. Let me chew on it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Let me run it around along my lips, you know? So it was hours, hundreds of hairs. I, Like I said, I was blessed that I wasn't bald or needed a wig, but every regrowth, I would feel for the wiry, harder, thicker ones and look for the bulbs
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: the floor would be covered or the car would be covered. I would roll them in my fingers so they came into little balls, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was, it took a really long time and um, it was like a trance. Like I couldn't break from it or if I, if I noticed I was doing it, I really didn't care.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was like I'm not gonna stop. I could tell myself to stop before it gets worse, but it feels too right to keep going. Mm-hmm. So it's so it, it's like it's so right that it feels wrong, or so wrong that it feels right. You know, it just it it was satisfying mm-hmm. in a way that most people don't get satisfaction. Did
0: you ever find yourself like I, I've done this a few times. I pulled from I pull from the left side to kind of like right over here. Still still yeah. have the you know a spot. Um I two things. I find myself going back to the same spots, like kind of yeah. the same spot kind of over and over. Always
1: the side, yeah.
0: And I sometimes tell me if this if you relate to this. I, I have looked in the mirror after like a big pulling, you know, episode, and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. And Again. I'm like I'm giving
1: myself all the time but you know what when that would happen i would go to the front like right here the Mm -hmm. front um i would do it from the top the side and the front and then and when it was really bad and i didn't want people to know it'd be the nape of my neck and that's Mm -hmm. that's where there was like a spot like this big at one point and i couldn't put my hair in a ponytail because people would think like oh you tried to do like the the shade part under your head it didn't work out very well oh that's not what it is (laughs) Oh, trust me. I know I would have gotten it professionally done if I could have, but that was all me. So mm-hmm. it was, it was embarrassing, you know, but what can you do, you know? Not mm-hmm. much, so yeah.
0: What, what advice would you give someone who who's ready to share? They want to, they're just a little nervous.
1: Be comfortable with how much you're telling people. Don't overshare if you don't feel comfortable and only talk about it with people that you can trust because not everybody's going to be as embracing as they were with me, you know, in high school when mm-hmm. I first started. Um, you know, do the research, but go to the person that really knows what they're talking about. I was blessed that I had a support group 10 minutes away with therapist 10 minutes away. You know, reach out to the people who have been there and know what's going on because you know there are people that can that can give you advice there's people that can talk to you about what you're feeling but there's therapists that have never heard of trick you know there's professionals that don't know what they're talking about in the hair industry Mm -hmm. pick and choose who you're confident and comfortable with if you're that type of person that wants to share like be secure in that decision you know, I was really confident and I, I sometimes overshared. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's out there to be your friend. Surround yourself with a good support system and, and cut the people out of your life that aren't worth it. Cause they can make it worse. You know, change the scenery, change things up. If something's not working, find ways to make it work. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's scary. If you've never told anybody, it's scary. If the vacuum didn't break, who knows how long it would have been until I would have said anything, you know? Um, The hairdresser obviously noticed something was wrong, but I was not willing to come to terms with it at that age. Obviously like you want to surround yourself with good distractions, like the fidget toys. Um, Anything to keep your hands busy, whether you like baking or tactile mushing. You know what's funny? I like mushing like meatloaf and dough and, and Play-Doh, like anything that like, I'm very touchy. Like anything that I can pinch and poke at. So I had silly putty, I had paper clips. Um, I hate Play-Doh, but like Play-Doh and all the things that felt like I could really mush, Um, stressful. sorry stress balls um they like the little ones um like sensory toys for kids the ones Mm -hmm. like with the little um they got like fingers on them like they i don't know even how to describe them but they look kind of like a barbie hairbrush
0: i don't know like
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. but anything that i could feel and roll in my fingers because for me i would pull the hair and then roll it into balls Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it was very I, I like having things to grab and touch but yeah if if you're comfortable about speaking with someone make sure it's someone that you can trust that knows how to handle what you're telling them mm-hmm. and i think that's 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 valid for anybody like any anybody with any type of problem any type of addiction or or issue or mental mental problem it, it really does it pays to know who you're talking to mm-hmm because there's people that that can be your friend. There's people that can be friendly, and there's people that are just your enemies. So, mm-hmm. but you never know it. So. Well, Erica, I can't believe it's been like an hour. I, I mean,
0: yeah, right. Wow, This has been a great conversation. Time flies when you're having fun. Seriously, truly, truly. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I've I have like a million more questions to ask you. I would love to have you on again at some point. Oh, let's, do let's do it again. Let's do it again. Because like. There's a lot part two of, part two part two for real but yeah i mean i it, i can't believe i just can't believe how 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 time has flown by <laughs> i can, I can write one? a book like you barbara trust me <laughs> please, <laughs> let's, please do it please do it i'll have her yeah. right over here listen we have right here right for you look yeah, let's do it no i would love it i would I honestly love it um teach me, teach me yes. your ways <laughs> listen you got the ways you got the <laughs> way right. We have the same chapter. I went to a study. That's one of my things. Is talking about is that crazy? Study. Oh my
1: gosh! I I can't believe that. That's too funny. So
0: I can't believe the world it, is Erica's small. Saying, listen, you got this. We're gonna write a big, a big, sick one. Um, but Erica, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I obviously I'm gonna thank have you, for you on again. Me. Um, is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? I mean, you're gonna be back, so.
1: I'll be back soon. No, um, I'm really, I'm really happy that you reached out. I've never done, like I said, as soon as you reached out, I'm like, I have no idea what to do anything like this. I've never done this before. You made this process like so cool. And, um, I'm really happy. I have in September, I'll be 20 years, you know, um, it's, it's been a journey. It's absolutely been a journey and it hasn't been a beautiful journey. It's been a weird one. Um, but you know, most of the people in my life know what I what I've been dealing with. And um, I'm excited for them to see this, you know, and it's it really it's a good opportunity for me to put it out there and really invite people into my world with Tripp, So, thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great night. I'm going to talk to you really soon.
1: Yeah, send me a message. <laughs> oh, All, <I> will. <laughs> talk right. To All right. You soon. Bye. All right.